Uh, welcome to an inquiry into freedom with Ron Harlow and Alan Paul. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the, uh, the storm here and what happened in Buffalo, New York, where they used uh, military personnel to basically enforce um, an imposed curfew against people wanting to drive around. And, um, of course, the uh, people weren't too happy about it. A lot of people weren't too happy about it. So they kind of walked it back. And they said, oh, we only used them, you know, just to make sure people were safe and that they, you know, they abided by the no driving curfew, I guess. Uh, so they weren't, like, acting as law enforcement. They didn't write tickets or anything like that. But I have an issue with that. Um based on um, constitutionality and impeding uh, a free person's right to movement and whether or not our military is... So so our military has been used for natural disasters like hurricanes and stuff like that. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with them enforcing... Uh, a mandate given by either the mayor or the governor of the state and them using the military to uh, enforce something that's unconstitutional. That's all I have to say about that. Um, so, yeah, and I'm, I'm not familiar with exactly who was doing or not doing what. I know that they had a storm coming, big surprise, and... It just seems to me that there ought to be some system there that when you know a big one's coming in, and they know, it's not like it just, it's sunny and then all of a sudden there's flurries and nobody knew four feet of snow were coming. You know, they know. So it seems like, and they may have this. If, if they do, then fine. Um, but it seems like there ought to be a, a warning system and a policy, a public policy. of This is what we recommend doing. You know, you don't go out. You don't do anything. Uh, you know, you don't go to the store uh, past noon today or whatever. You know, some set of some policy that's in place for one of these storms that comes along. It seems like every two, three, four years in Buffalo. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen snow that is at least 10 feet high off the sides of the roads there. So, but along with, is that some sort of statute, statutory authority that they have or not? I don't know what's a state road, what is a city road, what the laws are, okay? There may be that there's statutes about certain things. So we're kind of a little bit in the dark there However, I, I can't believe it's that different than most cities, which is they really don't have any statutory, uh, they don't have anything on the books requiring you to not be on the roads when it's snowing. I, I doubt that there's anything like that. No, so but, I'll just read a little a little paragraph from an article regarding this issue. issue. Okay. Um, it says that state and military police were sent Tuesday to keep people off Buffalo's snow-choked roads, and officials kept counting fatalities three days after Western New York's deadliest storm in at least two generations. 
Even as suburban roads and most major highways in the area reopened, Erie County Executive uh, Mark... I'm going to not pronounce this last name right, so we'll just skip that. Warned that police would be stationed at entrances to Buffalo and at major intersections because some drivers were flouting a ban on driving within New York's second most populous city. You, I, I, I'm sorry. Um, but you, Flouting? They were flouting? Yeah. I, I, I don't care what anybody says. It's unconstitutional, and that is not, that is not a law. I, I, so I get that it's a privilege for you to drive, but it would be like... You know, some of these uh, videos you'll see online where a police officer walks up to somebody on a on a public sidewalk or a public easement and tells them they can't videotape or take pictures of, you know, government buildings or whatever. It's called a public sidewalk. It's yeah. a it's a public road. You, you can't tell some... So if they were... What are they going to ticket you for? Flautulence. That's <laughs> I mean, a, a good one. That's You know, and, 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 and to be quite honest, there, there may be some... You know, there are some, uh, some really stupid laws on the books from, you know... Saturday. I think I just saw a sheriff's deputy drive by and he think he's giving my cow a flatulence. Well, here, here's here's the problem. Here's the here's a bigger problem. What if somebody's trying to leave their home that has no electricity and heat, and they're they're afraid they're going to die, and and maybe they're driving, you know, I don't know, to a shelter or a relative's home or somewhere for safe haven, and and you're preventing people from leaving their homes. Well. I mean, I, mean, I, I thought th that's what. Okay, here, so this was three days after the storm, right? No, this was during. During the storm. Uh, um, because I know I've seen like these uh, uh, skidsters driving around with these cars that were stuck in the middle of the road, and they're hauling ass down the street to put them in some parking lot somewhere or something because they got stuck and. Ran out of gas or got iced in and died in their car or whatever. So I've seen that, but I don't honestly. I didn't watch two minutes of any coverage of that. Yeah, but I was too busy watching uh, the uh, the Biden family deplane in St. Croix. So, mm. so I missed the big snowstorm with all the death and destruction. So. So they had all this going on during the storm. So I was actually just, <laughs> wouldn't you know, these stonemasons, you know, it's hard to find them, but they're a lot smarter than these people at Buffalo, based on what I learned talking to these guys today. But at any rate, I had some people here today looking at tuck planning this old uh, mansion house. <clears throat> and... Uh, we were talking about, he was talking about these folks in uh, Buffalo and dying in their cars and all of that. And there's three of us talking and we're all, all looking at one another like, what the hell makes you go out in the middle of a huge snowstorm? Because people here in the Midwest, well, I'm south of Dixon and Mason line here, but uh, 
way south of it, actually. I um, actually believe this this was happening after. Yeah, but you don't even go out after. I mean, people here, we have tornado shelters. We have at least a week's worth of food. Backup generators. Guns. Lots of guns. And when there's ice on the roads, you stay home. I well, mean, you don't. But there's so, a but there's a there's a thing to this story that you have to take into consideration, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I no, agree to a certain point, but there's a yeah. So, uh, my uh, point here, though, is is that you can't have an entire city who's who's taken by surprise by one of these storms. They happen all the time. Why are you out driving around and all that kind of thing? It's like if you know you've got a storm coming. And you've got three or four days advance notice then you say we have a storm plan here you need to do these things if you need to do these things at all you need to do them in the next two days and but i get what you're talking about about restrictive movement and this thing about having state police that's one thing and military police that's another thing yeah and national guard would be another thing because so, National Guard are under the governor and, and military police are under federal. Right. So there's different things going on there. But this whole bit, of, I mean, the bigger picture, back on away from Buffalo, and just talking about it in general terms, um, this whole thing about government stepping in and saying, thou shalt do this, thou shalt not do that, if thou just do this then we shall do that to you and pushing that as far as they want to and seeing what they can get away with it they've brought along a lot of this themselves because people are saying screw you they're they're like me we don't even watch the news anymore right like we have no we have between the news and politicians we have no we're not paying attention to you anymore you quit paying attention to us years ago Guess what? We finally woke up, smelled the coffee, and we're not listening to you anymore. So I get why people would be driving around, and yet there would be all these warnings and everything, because I'm one of those people who's going to use my own judgment. And if I'm wrong, if I'm out driving around in a snowstorm and I die, then it'll be my own fault. I'll admit to it. It'll be my fault. No one else's. Yeah. But but So they're bringing on all of this stuff well, this themselves. Will- so and that's a sad state when your when your government stops working at all levels and it's like the point i was making when we were talking last time was let's quit arguing about who the president is and let's argue about or let's stop arguing about what's presidential or not and let's start arguing about what a good um election precinct looks like Right. What a good election precinct worker looks like. Yeah. You know, let's get it down to our own level where we're all responsible for our own little selves and make sure that's working because we got way bigger problems in this country around elections than anyone even thinks we do. And we're just assuming that things are all right without ever digging down into it. And I'm afraid that we've got much bigger problems than folks know. Oh, there's so, so that's that's kind of what this episode is going to be about, and and I have well, a lot of things to cover here. 
Well, then let me let me just say one thing. Then, sure. Yeah. Me, absolutely. Because that's kind of a move in the subject, which is fine. But there was something I noticed when I don't know if you saw it or not. I don't post much stuff anymore, but I posted something yesterday on our friend. Uh, 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 bald Biden, uh, Supervo, <laughs> you know, Joey the Clown. And uh, so, you know, they've got this big thing going on because they took a big stand against someone who died over 150 years ago and taken down the statue. Or oh, yeah, I heard all about this Roger, crap, too. Yeah, yeah. Roger Taney Bowl. Well, fine, you know, uh, I get it. I mean, you're you talking about the, the, the statue of Robert E. Lee? No, no. It's the Roger B. Taney statue that's in the uh, uh, Senate office building. Well, they took out Robert E. Lee, Lee too. Oh, that, oh today? Uh, that's, uh, I, I could pull the story up, but that's it's been removed. Uh, the statue of him and then the bust. They've been oh. put in, they've been put in storage until, uh, until they can decide w what to do with it, where where it's where it would be appropriate appropriately displayed, right up Biden's ass. I mean, I, you know, does he have a sword and everything? I mean, now that sounds good. Well, that's not the one I'm talking about. The one I'm talking about is the one with the Supreme Court justice who died in 1864, and his his bust is there in the uh, Senate chamber. I don't know if you've been there or not, but it, it's pretty cool where the Supreme Court used to meet uh, there on the Capitol, but uh, it's a really cool area. But at any rate, that guy's the one who made the Dred Scott decision. I mean, what an imbecile. This uh, yeah, I did hear about that one as well. Yep. Yeah. I mean, fine. I applaud that. I mean, I'm not a big one for for doing that sort of thing, but it's like, yeah, if you're going to attack someone for being a racist, how about someone who made the Dred Scott decision? You know, obviously, I mean, and, and the guy's a Democrat. So, you know, they had a little bit of integrity and went after their own. So, um, but at any rate, uh, fine. It's just a bunch of virtue signaling, which is all. This yeah. I have a, work. I have a simple solution for all of that. Take every statue down that exists that has anything to do with government or war or any of that. Just get rid of all of them. I mean, well, it, it and, and and anything that has to do with, um, you know, protesting or someone who is considered, you got to take George Floyd down. You got to take him down. Take all the statues. Take them all here. down, and unless then, it's then, unless it's somebody you know, like you know uh, Harry Carey out in front of you know Wrigley Field or something like yeah, that. Yeah, either way, you know. you're you're uh, you're espousing violence toward pigeons. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. so, I don't like pigeons. Yeah, they're they're the carp of the carp of the airways. <laughs> aren't they though? I mean, they're just flying rats. So <laughs> they uh, anyway. This thing about Roger Taney and taking this statue thing down is like, you know, I don't agree with it, but you know, fine. The guy is bad news. I've written enough stuff about Dred Scott and him that fine. But uh, the my real point to this post was that why do they go after him and not Robert Byrd? 
because Senator Robert Byrd was a member of the Klan. You know, he's a member of the KKK. And yeah, he was a good buddy with uh, Biden and McCain. And he was uh, Hillary Clinton's mentor and Barack Obama's mentor and all of that stuff. But he's a member of the KKK. Yeah. So why, why is his statue in the Senate Rotunda? And they're taking down this guy's statue from 150 years ago. Why not this clown that all of these current political people were good buddies with? You want you want you my know? you want my answer? Because sure. he represents their values even today. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I I, I don't have any other uh, explanation. Yeah, there's no legitimate explanation or other explanation you could give. If you're going to allow a KKK member uh, to be displayed, put, stay on display. Yeah. And the and the worst thing that could happen beyond that is that a uh, you know a, a guy who who was uh, originally um, not a member of the Confederate. Uh, military but became one and fought for the confederacy and i'm speaking of robert e lee uh, yeah he was he was fine when he was asked to be the the yeah, general who was the leading our uh general of the army of the republic right exactly well, that's yeah. my point yeah so so yeah thank you for for clarifying that i'm again i'm sometimes i i'm not articulate enough but he's you know uh, he's not worthy, uh, because he became a Confederate. So, you know, get rid of him and, and maybe that's the right thing to do. I think, uh, trying to erase history is, is not in the best interest of our country, but it is what it is. I think it's better to remember it and say, I, I let's too. not, let's not ever do this again. Yeah. Because we're, we're heading toward doing it again. Oh yeah, we're very. We're heading, yeah, yeah, for sure. But way closer than people realize. Yeah, absolutely. So, so one of the the main thing that transitions from what we're talking about with Buffalo and these rights of association and right to move of movement and transitioning into what you're talking about with following or not following statutes has to do with Roger B. Taney because he was against what uh, Lincoln was doing with respect to the Emancipation Proclamation and a number of other things, because Lincoln was doing things that the Supreme Court was saying, oh, no, you can't do that. And Lincoln basically did the same thing that uh, Jackson did, was he said, well, you, had your, you have your Supreme Court decision, now you go out and enforce it. Screw you. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what he said. And it's like, yeah. Fine, but I think people look around and say, well, I think Lincoln was right on this one. Well, whether he was right or not, it's still unconstitutional. It still ought to get addressed somehow. It ought to be. And, and if, if he was right, then fine. Let's put it into statutory language to yeah. change it. Yeah. And if, if he wasn't right, then let's do whatever corrective actions or, or payments or whatever we need to do. But. Let's let's have a little bit of uh, integrity here. Um, 
But it, it is known uh, that when you've got multiple branches of government, you can run into that where, where one branch says, no, nothing you can do about it. So I, I think to a certain extent, a government needs to be able to, well, like, like uh, Trump was doing with this whole tax return thing and not, and not responding to a subpoena to come and testify and all that. And he's saying, screw you. Well, he's, he's the head of the executive branch. He's, there's no way that uh, the framers ever anticipated uh, a bunch of morons in the Congress to haul the executive into, in, in front of them to quiz him about stuff that they want to argue about. Yeah. That was never, that's like, okay, so next they're going to bring in John Roberts, who actually should have been quizzed more than Trump, but next thing they're going to do is haul the uh, Supreme Court in there. And then we're going to have the Supreme Court hauling them into the Supreme Court. So there's a certain amount where you've got to be able to say, no loss. I'm not going to play your game, even if you're right. Because you no, and that's, a, your... that's a topic yeah. that, that I'm going to bring up here in a little bit, but I wanted okay. to add one more thing to the, the New York story and then get on to uh, some more stupid news. But okay, so this, this is, I was just to the where I point. Go ahead, go ahead, finish up your point. Okay, so where you run into this stuff, where you've got separation of powers, is I, I didn't get we didn't get into this before, and it it keeps coming up, and I think it's just time to put it on the table. Is it? It's because with the with respect to the IRS and the Social Security Administration. Those are the two biggest pieces of government that tend to practice this the most. So what, what those two branches or what those two agencies do and what Jackson did and what Lincoln did and what Roger B. Taney was against is called non-acquiescence. And Taney was against what Lincoln was doing to force the South into line with how he thought things ought to be. So Lincoln was practicing what is in law called non-acquiescence. And he's saying, fine, Supreme Court, you've made your decision, but this is what we're going to do anyway. So what we have on a small scale in Buffalo, but what we also have on a different scale is this BS action on January 6th where supposedly people were trying to overthrow a government even though they didn't have any arms. Um, but we've basically got a whole bunch of people running around like we did in Prohibition and it's getting worse where we're saying, screw you, you're not following your own laws so I'll be damned if I am either. I'll drive around in the snow if I want to. I'll drink a drive if I want to. I'll cross the border illegally if I want to. That's what we have going on here. It's non-acquiescence. We're saying, I will not submit myself to your authority in government. So the, the small scale, what you're talking about in Buffalo, in the large scale, what I'm talking about with respect to the Civil War and, and a lot of other things in the states right now, 
that they have that in common is not acquiescence. So I'll, I'll yield the floor. The one thing I wanted to add, so, so there may be, you know, uh, There may be some legitimacy behind, um, you know, the governor or whoever it was declaring a ban on traveling the roads during a storm. Uh, for, for safety reasons, and I get it. But this, this story has something to it that I think would be a good argument as to why the government shouldn't impede number one, unconstitutional, right? Number two, there's a man, his name is Greg Monet. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce his last name, but he turned to social media to beg for help shoveling a six foot pile of snow from the end of his Buffalo driveway. So he could get dialysis treatment. So they, they impose a travel ban and people, uh, you know, people that, uh, you know, need to see a doctor or, or get emergency treatment. Now they can't, they don't have freedom of movement. So, so is this guy supposed to, uh, you know, stay in, uh, stay in his home? Uh, because the government said so and, and risk his life. Yeah, I and if he and if he died, yeah. if he died, who's culpable? Yeah, the, the government is. That's the problem with you. If you want to do something unconstitutional, in my view, is that if you want to do something unconstitutional and you cause someone to die, then you need to be able to be personally sued. And this so he, he goes on to say not, he he goes on to say in the they interviewed him. This has been a nightmare. He said. Power had been out for a time in his family's home, so relatives ran a gas stove to keep warm, a practice he acknowledged was dangerous. We had to do what we had to do. We had we would have froze to death in here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so again, that's what I'm saying. You're telling people, and I get it. Maybe I wasn't there, so I don't know that. You know, it was a blizzard. You know, I've been in blizzards, and we discussed that. Uh, you know, I had mentioned the blizzard in, in Colorado when I was a young right. young mm -hmm. man. And uh, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. So if it's that bad, nobody's going to go out and travel anyway. Except for, you know, there's always them idiots that go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go out and, you know, dick around in the snowstorm. They don't have any purpose. Uh, and, and I get it. What I don't get is the power that these people believe they wield to tell other people that you cannot travel regardless whatever your problem is yeah. and the military and the state police the state police and the military police are going to stop you what <laughs> i i don't care I, I i don't care if it's in the name of safety or not so, yeah, that's so who gets to determine what's safe and what isn't? I mean, that's well, the thing, exactly. right? exactly. Yeah, they start pushing the boundaries of public safety, and everything suddenly becomes public safety, even though, 
you know, they're they're stretching the boundaries of. of yeah. So really so is. you know, I I would uh, it would be cool if somebody from Buffalo was was to email us or even call us and and maybe we could put them on the show and have this discussion and say, hey, you know what what was the deal? You know, we're 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 not going to get this the full story from the media and 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 the mass media and the press and all that crap. We need to hear from somebody in Buffalo, New York, who experienced this and and how it could have negatively affected them, possibly causing their death. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, more. Well, it, it's like, well, who listens to the freaking media anymore, though? I mean, you could be in Buffalo, but who are you? Who would you call? To say, boy, do I have a story for you? I mean, maybe yeah, well, there so is a. I mean, I can't think of anyone on the national piece, but that what made me trigger on that was I watched that clip you sent me on Megyn Kelly. So, yeah. What that, like, did you find that interesting? Yeah, yeah. Several things out of that I thought were interesting. Yeah. And I think the biggest, the biggest thing I got was something that I don't think she made a connection on. She will someday, but I've always liked her. She's really bright. Yeah. Um, she just disappeared because I refused to watch anything on NBC, so I, I just lost track of her. But, um, you know, it, it's just that was a bad career move, and yet now I understand why she did it. Mm -hmm. Didn't have anything to do with politics and all of that stuff, no. or even even Fox. It had more to do with her family, right? Which I think is someone you know, someone who really believes women should have equal opportunity in the workplace, you know, and someone who has had to do this with people who work for them. It's like, what you do is you find find something for her to do that's different, mm -hmm. where she can. Where she can do what she does best during the day. Maybe you create a new show on Fox. You know, I'm, I'm just pretending here that if I'm Roger Ailes, what would I have done? Because yeah. they've done they've done this differently with different folks, different talent they have. You know, they've had people move around to different places in their schedule and doing different things and one of the books that I have coming out actually covers this. Well, actually, it's a Harlow that I'm talking about, too. So it's just that when you have someone like that, incredibly talented, whether you agree with them or not, and you want to keep them working for you, but they need something done to change their home life, mm -hmm. then have some discussions about, could we create Yeah, a try to accommodate here? them, yeah. Yeah. That the conversation never happened. Yeah, because she she was uh, one of the top rated shows. I so there was a, yeah. there was a so you that's know, a, that's on Roger Ailes. Yeah, but what I want to say is that's also on her, and and it's basically I bet you if she had gone and talked to him about what was going on, that would have been the result. Would they would have come up with a show that did work for her and also worked for Fox. And then she wouldn't have had to go through all that. But the other thing that I came out of that, which was this, this business between her and Trump, he got jumped, he jumped on her like he did mm -hmm. for a certain set of reasons. Mm -hmm. And 
it took her going through what she had to go through with so-called journalists, mediaites, whatever you want to call them, the vermin in the media industry. It took her having to live through what she had to at NBC to realize what a bunch of crappy people those are. Yeah, what did she say during that interview? Um, they say at NBC they'll stab you in the back. Yeah. ABC yeah. they'll stab you in the front, and at CBS uh, they'll <laughs> stab you and you'll never know it or something to that yeah. effect. You I just mean, look down she, yeah, and realize you're injured. I mean, it, you know, and that's you, you're 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 right. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. It's sad that but, someone has to go but, through that with that much talent and that much ability. Um, so what it took her experiencing that though, yeah. but I don't think she's made the the connection yet that Trump treated her the way he did because that's his experience with media too. Oh, what a great point! She had not experienced it yet. Yep. So now would be a great time for them to go have a drink if he drank maybe iced tea or something, but yeah, uh, he now knows exactly. Yeah. She now knows exactly how, um, what's the kid's name who, uh, Nicholas Sandman. Uh huh. She now knows how Nicholas Sandman feels. She now knows how Trump feels. She knows how anyone who's ever been mistreated by the media feels because of her living through what she did at NBC. So I just don't think she quite made it, that connection herself yet. But by golly, she learned from she learned it, it, those same things, though. She just haven't she hasn't realized that. Oh, my God, that's why he jumped on me. I, I bet she will any day now, though, because she's bright. Um, but at any rate, yeah, maybe yeah, she'll, listen, really maybe like she'll listen to the show and and. Uh... She'll hear it, and maybe maybe we can have Megan Kelly as a guest. I'd love to have. No, Megan. no, no, no. She's smarter than me. Uh, well, I mean, we need smarter. <laughs> we need smarter people. All right. Well, I, I used to try to talk my mom into watching her, and finally she did, because this is kind of an inside joke in my family. But my mom's like, "I, I, okay, I finally watched your girlfriend last night." And and let's just be you honest. Know. She's she's very easy on the eyes, and and to. And to have those two attributes, uh, yeah. you know, to be a smart, uh, you know, she even made the the comment about being a, a blonde and and well, uh, the problem is she's exactly my type. So right. she's 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 very she's bright. a lot of guys type. <laughs> she's she's very bright. Yeah. She's very witty. Yep. She's she's really quick. I'll be honest, um, I was so dis you know, and I hated to see that happen. I hated to see her leave Fox and and I hated to see what she had morphed into and and you know, I I I think when I was talking there was a little bit of animus there and and you know, for me rightly so. I mean, I I like I said I think at one point she she seemed like an opportunist and mm -hmm. and and I think to me Again, I'll say it like I did last time. Is this the real Megan Kelly, right? Or is she yeah. is she found this niche that she's gaining, you know, popularity again and and uh, you know, 
is she using that to her advantage instead of for the right reasons? So you and I yeah. are, are we're, we don't do this for money. Um, we don't do this for fame. We're not looking for, you know, I, I, it doesn't matter to me whether we have 10 listeners or a hundred thousand. If, if I think both of the one listeners we have are plenty for me. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, <laughs> if this, if, if, but if somebody listens to one of our, our episodes or one of our shows and they gain something from that and it makes them say, yeah, you know, th this makes a little bit of sense and, and yeah, they're right on this. And man, I didn't know about that. I learned yeah. something and that's all I care about, you know, and, and because, yeah. you know, maybe that person may not say anything about, Hey, I listened to this podcast and this is where I got it from. They'll just say it to somebody. And then that person says it to somebody. And, it, you know, it's kind of like if you do a good job yeah. for somebody, you know, they'll tell 10 people. Mm -hmm. If you do something bad, they're, they're going to tell everybody. Well, um, you never know. I just, I think that now I understand why she left and why she made that move. I never knew anything about it at all at the time. And I don't think a lot of people did because she, she yeah. got so much, you know, uh, hatred from you know specifically the right you know the right can be just as hateful as the left and uh she got a lot of hate from the right because oh she turned on trump well she was never really a a trump person and admittedly so and and so um yeah uh i i found the interview to be you know a play it was a pleasant interview and i and i'm glad i listened to it and and had and listened you know to her you know, air things out, and I have a different perspective of her. Um, I'm still, you know, in the, in the on the fence uh, when it comes to uh, her authenticity. And I said, you know, she she's got a long way to go to be back in my good graces. So, uh, more stupid news. So, you know, even more. There's so much of it. It's it's just unbelievable. Um, we can well, we can be on air for hours. Um, so there was a watchdog committee set up for uh, to find all the missing COVID relief money. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, yeah. You didn't know about that? Who set it up? Well, I would imagine it's a it's a bureaucracy uh, set up by our government. So it's a watchdog oh. committee set up to find the missing and uh, the missing money obtained either fraudulently or just kind of it's just missing, right? They don't know where it's at. And so <laughs> the committee will, uh, that's set up to find the missing money is asking for more money to locate the missing money. Oh my god! You, you you can't make this stuff up. So so it'd be like me going to you and say, Ron, um, you gave me a thousand dollars, but I lost it. Can I get another thousand so I can find the other thousand? I I need three more. <laughs> I need three thousand to go find that thousand. Yeah, it's so you. It's so stupid. It's if just, they give me a hundred thousand, I can go find it all because. Oh, you know what they did, what they call them, uh, an army that's walking and uh, finding what they need on the move. 
where they're just recovering everything they need to eat as they go march through the territory. That's kind of how I would operate. It's like, yeah, okay, well, we found this money over here from, from Joe. We'll just take all the money out of Joe's account here, and we'll keep marching on until we find it all. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, let me repeat this. A watchdog committee set up to find missing and money obtained fraudulently from COVID aid asks for more money to locate missing money. <laughs> so uh, is, that, is that a Senate committee, though? I, you know, a... I think it's I, uh, I I think it's a it's a committee of monkeys at the zoo who are throwing poop at each other. <laughs> I mean, I, well, that that is what a Congress of apes is. I mean, yeah. I don't know, Ron. I just, you know, oh my God. I, what does it matter? It's just so dumb. Well, maybe that's what they're going to hire these eighty-seven thousand armed IRS agents. <sighs> Man, so I'll, I'll go into this one, which is not stupid news. But with what you just said, um, Trump's tax returns will be released tomorrow. So uh, those tax returns that everyone says are private, that can't be made public? Yes. I mean, what the IRS tells you that you're filing voluntarily and that. So we're, we're worried about, we're worried about a former president's tax returns. Um, we can't find missing COVID relief aid money. Um, and, and we need a committee to, to do that. And uh, we don't know how Biden became a multimillionaire. This is bad. And I don't mean I don't mean for Trump. I, I think this is bad because the, like everything else that the Democrats do, they haven't thought this through. Like, like this is a this is one of those we got to get Trump things. He's he's not been president for two years, right? He's still like a tumor on their brain. They that that's yeah. in, it's it's an inoperable inoperable tumor. They can't get rid of it. They can't get rid of him. So that here's the problem. I, which I don't think is a problem. It's a problem for them. So if this is the precedent, right? We're doing everything based on precedent these days. Um, I want to see Nancy Pelosi's tax returns. I want to see Adam Schiff's tax returns. I want to see Joe, Joe Biden's tax returns. I want to see um, Hunter Biden's tax returns. I want to see every, I want to see it all. You can't just pick one man. And if you're a Democrat listening to the show, I don't give a crap what you think. You know, that they're trying to find something to pin on him because they, they know he's a danger and, and threat to their lifestyle. Yeah. Well, I think that what you just said there ties to what something Megyn Kelly said, which has to do with Something John Stossel said to her was uh, basically we no longer have debate in the country because the lefties, as 
I don't like to use that word, but they did. The lefties don't want to listen to anyone any longer. They've won. There's no reason to listen. They're in charge. They get what the, they get what they want. And there's no reason for them to sit down and talk to you or me or, or anyone else because they've won. You know, like like Obama, the piece of shit that Obama was, and it still is, said to McCain, you know, elections have consequences, John. I won. You know, <laughs> I get to have my Obama care the way I want, and I get to take people's health care away and lie to them about it without any consequences at all. So um that's just how it is you have to play by their rules and if you don't want to then that's too bad because they're not going to listen to anyone else so what they what they are getting back that they did not anticipate from trump was pushback right and the thing that she's identified with trump people is not an intense loyalty to trump it's a uh, me too by golly they've mistreated me too not not the me too she's talking about with that fake me too movement but they're they're coming at him with everything they got and they're trying to put their thumb on him just like they do to everyone else they disagree with well wouldn't and you we're say all, we've would, all finally said no more so you would, know we don't have enough of us doing that but you know, once we do, then we'll probably all get shot in the streets or something. But, um, you know, if enough of us push back and say no more, uh, that's what we really need to have happen. But that's that's what's going on. The right is in the middle of, like me, is, is said, not interested in hearing what you have to say anymore. Yeah, You've lied but enough. I mean, when it comes to this, wouldn't you think that somewhere along the line uh if he was you know Willie Nelson has been to prison um Wesley Snipes has been to prison there's countless americans uh that have been to prison because they didn't pay their taxes that somewhere along the line regardless of how rich you are if you're not following the tax code which by the way is written by the very people who bitch and gripe and complain and moan and groan about the tax code. And it's unconstitutional. And 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 we'll throw in there it's unconstitutional. Um yeah. that somewhere along the line, had he not abided by uh tax the tax code and, and the law when it comes to taxes, that he would have been in trouble way before he even became president. Oh yeah. I'll, so, so I heard someone say that the reason they're doing this is to prove that he's not as rich as he claims to be, and that he doesn't have as much money as he claims to have. And and I've said it on this show before. You know, <laughs> is the measure of his his richness based on how much cash he has on hand, or God dang, do you look at the the plane he flies around the country and and his hotels all around the world and the real estate he owns and the multiple businesses that he owns? Is that not wealth itself? Uh, Because I don't have a freaking... What did we think uh, the last time we talked about his plane? Was it 737, whatever? I I don't have one of those. Nor do I have anything... Nor is my bank account anywhere close enough to be able to purchase one. 
Well, and even the, these people who are crying and whining about it all will never have that kind of money either. No, no, Plus, no. The, the ones that I've heard scream the loudest about wanting to see his tax returns are utterly incapable of understanding them. Well, and they've never I mean, created anything or a job that would that would that would uh, produce the wealth. No, uh, not even close to buy a plane like that or to open no. a, a Trump Tower. They've never done anything in their. No. Oh, it's so frustrating, but, and I don't understand say, why Americans don't get this. Returns, and I'm like, look, I did that for a living. You know, lending millions and millions of dollars to people. Right, and. I don't know that I could figure them out. You know, I, I probably could, but it would take me quite a while. Um, but the people I hear squealing about it, they can't. There's no way. They couldn't understand their own tax return, much less something as complex as his. Well, somewhere along the line, a judge has, has broken the law by saying that it is mandatory for him to, to make public his tax returns because there is no law on the books anywhere, federally, state, local, anywhere that says an individual has to disclose their tax return. The only people that they have to do that to is the IRS or your, or, or your accountant, but that's voluntary. That's voluntary, right? Nowhere does it state in the constitution, in any legislation that's ever been written that is mandatory for a federal employee to disclose their taxes. But now what they have done is set precedent. And I am hoping, and, and I'm not going to hold my breath on this, that the, uh, the uh, Republican Party has the balls enough to use the same precedent when it comes to their opponents. Why not? I mean, We've discussed it before. Turn the other cheek, and we'll, we'll take the high road. And and you know, do we really want to waste our time on that? There's there's other things. Yeah, you do. At this point, you do. Everything that they do, you do. Everything. I mean, if you want a level yeah. playing field, and you don't want to get your ass kicked every single time, well, then you do the same thing. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're playing, I'll tell you what I think. I, you know, we've discussed what's going to be the straw that 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 finally breaks the back and the and the resistance of the population to become resistant. We're we're in we're in like a baseball game right now, and it's the bottom of the ninth with two outs. Three balls and two strikes, and the you know a runner on third. It's five to four, you know five to five, whatever. And the guy at the plate is who we're relying on. Um, that that's that's gonna that's gonna determine the future. Yeah. And there's there's a a c word that a lot of people don't like to use. Um, and, uh, I mean, civil war could be right around the corner based on the crap that we're going through right now. 
I was thinking curveball when you. You know, you know this this clown that we have that says, <laughs> you know, said he was going to unify and unite, you know, America. The only thing that he can uh-huh. unite is his lips to my ass, uh, because that's not going to happen. Well, anytime in the near future, there's nobody. There's there's nobody even on the horizon. See what I'm thinking though, when you're saying this setup, I'm thinking to one of my favorite. Uh, I guess you could say heroes growing up was Bob Gibson. Yeah. And that year he had in 69 or 68, my God, just, he knew he was going to win. You know, he had this sign over his locker Mm -hmm. and in the locker room that said, here comes a judge, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. he was just that hot. And, uh, I uh, remember my dad was in Vietnam then, and uh, my uh, grandparents lived in Missouri, and I was there that summer. And uh, it seemed like that game of the week with Tony Kubek and Joe Garagiola was on on Saturdays, you know, the, the game of the week. And uh, it seemed like every Saturday Bob Gibson was pitching, you know, because that one summer he won like – 13 straight games or something, and he had a .98 ERA, you know? Yeah. He would throw nine innings, and if you tried to come take him out of the ball game in the eighth inning, he would just stare the – he would stare Red Shane to stand and make him turn around and go back into the dugout. It was like, you are not taking me out of this ball game, yeah. you know? And that and now, guy, nowadays, I mean, nowadays you're lucky was, if you get five or six innings out of a starting pitcher. Well, yeah, he he. I can't remember how many complete games he had that year, but I want to say he started like 32 games and he completed 19 or 20 or something like that. I mean, he was a stud, but he was always someone uh, who I idolized, who who would go out and say, "Give me the ball." You know, that you want someone in business who's like that in any sport. You just want someone like that in your life that you can rely on and says, give it to me. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, Bob Gibson would put one right behind that hitter's ear. And then he would put a slider on the outside corner. The guy's out, right? Yeah. That's the third out. We're we're up at bat. That's it. Precisely what Bob Gibson would do, right? Mm-hmm. Did you? I don't know if you've watched him like I did. Obviously, I don't know exactly what he's going to do there, right? But yeah, that's what he's going to do. He's going to put one right behind your ear. Yeah. And the only person who could ever stand in on him after he did that would be Frank Robinson. You know, World Series type of of a setup, but. You had to have some inner toughness after he put one behind your ear. But that's precisely what he would do in that situation. But that's what we need in a political social environment, too. And that's basically, Trump should have gone that far, I personally think. Yeah, there were times where I've said on our program, and it's earlier episodes that we'll be releasing, um, that I, I felt Trump didn't go far enough. Yeah. I think he was trying to go along, and I think this whole business that we've talked about it before with George H.W. being such a wuss that 
we've we've allowed that to happen for too long as a public. If the majority is actually silent, then you let a very vocal minority take over. Yeah. And that's what we have. Yeah. And and unfortunately these locusts are you know the left used to be a home of some of, of, of some really smart people. But I I can't think of a intellectual left any longer. The ones who are, are left all they all they can do is repeat bumper slogans, you know, bumper sticker slogans. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. These are not smart people that are running our country. No, and I. I it's point. really frustrating to me, and I've said this before, but I'm going to continue to say it that more people, at least nobody that I know, um, is catching on to this, and that, and that, you know, we could do a lot better. We're 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 actually bitching and fighting over two groups of people. That we we could fire them all tomorrow and take six months to hire or elect new people to their positions and never notice the difference. Yeah, a, a year and never notice that they were gone. No, we would probably find out we don't we don't even need that many people. You know. Yeah. Well, but most certainly. It's like the point I had. I know that you shouldn't say these sorts of things, but if a bomb went off in Washington while Congress is in session, how many good people would we lose? Well, you're you're posing a hypothetical. It's not like you're saying, you know, you're going to personally go do that. You can you can say hypotheticals all you want. Well, yeah, the thing is though that I really do believe that that's how few good people we would lose. I'm 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 not saying it. I, I would not argue a, a, a second about. It. They're they're yeah. wasting our precious resources. Yeah, you well, know we, they're the turning wor- the best country in the world against itself. There there are some people who have died in recent years that were were uh, politicians, movie stars, um, you know, corporate, you know, CEOs and stuff like that. That you know what. It's it's horrible. Look, death is horrible whether you're a day old or 102 years old, right? Death is just not good. But there are some people that have died in our history that the world is a better place when they're gone. Yeah. It's just a fact of life. You know, we don't have to sit here and name names. No. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree 100%. Well, yeah, no one misses Adolf Hitler. (laughs) Exactly. So, but we've had some people in our country's history that, yeah, I I totally agree that. You know, Idi Amin was not a great guy. (laughs) No, no. So so, I mean, the world was a much better place when that guy died. Maybe half the Congress is right there in that territory. I mean, you know, it's up for it's up for. you know, debate, and you can have your own personal opinion, but but I happen to agree. Uh, here's a great example. Let me just play. Let me just play this. Try not to laugh too hard. You would think that a looming recession, spurred largely by exorbitant government spending, would give this Congress pause. But instead of taking a minute to consider what a responsible federal government budget looks like. We are instead placed behind the barrel of a gun, forcing us to choose between letting government expire or blindly passing 
a $1.7 trillion spending package that not only does not balance, but in fact spends over 10% more than last year. How does Congress spend taxpayers' money? Well, here's just a few examples of how your government currently spends money. We found that they spent last year $2.3 million injecting beagles with cocaine. It seems that they were curious, their researchers were curious, despite the pain they inflicted on these dogs, they were curious to know if cocaine causes adverse effects. Guess what? Read the newspaper. Read the news. Look at the addicts across our country. You think you need to inject beagles with cocaine <laughs> to know that cocaine's <laughs> a bad deal? Yeah. $700,000 was spent to study how male parrots attract their mate. Really? <laughs> We've got people who go hungry in our country. We got people that are trying to get out from behind poverty, and we're spending $700,000 studying how male parrots attract a female. We spent $187,000 to study whether or not dogs help kids cope. Of course they do. Ask any <laughs> pet owner. Any pet owner could have told you and we would have saved the taxpayer $187,000. This one's great. We spent $118,000 to study if a metal replica, a robot of Marvel Comics' evil warlord Thanos could snap his fingers. $118,000, really. They apparently hired some dude to wear metal gloves and then try to snap his fingers. You know what? They found out that it's impossible to make a snapping sound with metal fingers. So robots of the world, be warned, <laughs> it's hard to snap your fingers. It's, so Black Lives I mean, Matter it's, it's unbelievable. Oh it's yeah. unfrickin' believable. And, and you know how many millions of Americans have absolutely no clue? They have no well, clue. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, is that your government doing that? Because it's not mine. My my government doesn't do those things. $118,000 yeah. on yeah. whether or not a robot can snap its fingers. Yeah. So what, how, where's, the, where's the outrage saying, wait a second, I'm in charge here because... I'm a citizen and a voter, not you guys. But Just you know what's crazy? Representing. You so know whose government is doing this because it's not mine. Well, it's not a it's not a representative government, and that's what I've brought I brought up with some of the examples of uh, stupid spending that our government does. You know, with the transgender mm -hmm. prostitute mm -hmm. in Vietnam study. Uh, you know. Throw Ukraine in there. You know, $118,000 is a drop in the bucket compared to the aid that we give to foreign countries. Yeah, $100 we're looking, billion this year. Yeah. And, and, and in recent reports, uh, we're looking at another uh, Kosovo and Serbia conflict. So we have, we have Kosovo and Serbia that are on the brink of war. We have Iran uh, threatening Israel again. And then we have... China 
uh, possibly invading Taiwan. Are we going to give? So who are we going to pick? Are we going to pick when when these when these countries go to war? Um, uh, who who's going to who's going to get aid from the United States, Kosovo or Serbia? We know that Israel will get aid. You know and, what? You know what they're concerned about here in our country. With what? They're concerned that Israel and Saudi Arabia might just declare normal relations between those two countries, and they don't want that to happen. Well, I, you know what? I, I don't yeah, know that... It's the best thing that could happen in the Middle East. Yeah, it is. It really is, but I don't think Biden really cares because he's not a, no. a big fan of Israel, and he's he's not coming no. out. They're, they're begging him to say something about... Um, you, you know, say something to Iran that if you attack our, our strongest ally in the Middle East... There's going to be severe consequences. I played, it, and it was very hard to hear. Uh, it was a bad audio, but that was the best I could find. Where where the reporter said, "Hey, the the agreement uh, with the nuclear agreement with Iran is is not going to happen. Are are you prepared to publicly state that?" And he said, "It is dead, but no, we're not going to make a statement on that." W- why? Yeah, I mean. You're ignoring and and basically put sticking your thumb in the eye of our biggest ally in that region, and well, and you're kind what, of in the, at end. the same time you're you're kind of uh, you know opening the door for Iran to to do whatever they want to do. Now yeah. now let's just be honest. Uh, you know Iran talks a big game all the time. You know, that they're going to destroy the United States, they're going to wipe Israel off the map. Listen, if Iran was to launch one missile at Israel or the United States, their whole country is glass in a matter of minutes. So, So they can... You know, they can spout off at the mouth all they want to. They're not going to do anything. Well, the the sad thing is, though, but we don't that, we don't respond in kind. Trump would no, but the the sad thing though is Iran. The majority of the people there would love to be friends with us. Sure, it's their leadership that is their problem, and yet we we refuse to. Uh, to do anything that helps the the people there, and the people there would love for us to step in and say, you know, they've been rioting over there. By the way, it, it's not on any media anywhere, but they've been rioting in the streets, just like Venezuela and Peru. My God, um, I mean, it's going all, all going on all over the world, but our media ignores it because that's just how bad socialism is. That's why people walk into our country. But the Iranians would love for us to come out and do something to their Ayatollah. They probably wouldn't mind at all if we sent in uh, the Navy SEALs and took their damn government out because they don't like these people who are ruling over them. But we won't even say a word against them. So, you know, I don't know what it takes. You know, I just... I've gotten to a point where I do not understand 
and I no longer want to understand what the Marxists in our country are after. I just know that it's bad and I refuse to do anything. I was invited to receive. Go ahead. I'm um, sorry. I was setting up another video. Leftists in Islam. <laughs> I refuse to do anything that enables them to get anything they want. I'm completely done. It's time to burn the bridges with these people who don't want to listen to us. They're, they're wanting to push us around and everything. And if it's like I keep saying, we're, we're in a marriage that isn't working. Well, uh, we've had this discussion before. Um, who, who is it that's going to push back? And do we have anybody anymore? Do we have do we have like the same population we had that that fought during the revolution? And you know, I I, I don't know that we do. I mean, were the last true patriots that walked in in the the grounds of our land? Uh. The passengers on on flight ninety three. <laughs> I mean, it makes you wonder. And I'm not. I, I I'm not saying that t to make a joke. I know, but it it's a valid question. You know, we're worried I about. Mean, so we're worried about more. Here's more stupid news. And and I don't know. We we before we had our little technical difficulty, we were on this subject, but. Uh, the congressman out of New York, he happens to be a Republican. Oh, that guy. Yeah. And he lied about his past. He lied about several things, his education and his resume and all this other stuff. And they're making a huge deal out of it. Republicans are as well. Is that on a laptop somewhere? <laughs> well, I mean, so that's a good, that's, that's going to be my point. <laughs> Oh, what did I say? What did I say? What, what, did, what, did, what did I say last episode? <laughs> they all lie, right? And if we have a if we have a debate, why not hook them all to lie detectors? And then you said we lost fifteen <laughs> candidates today. Yeah, because we had the guillotine back in the you know in the green room waiting for the liars to line up and and be beheaded. Now that's a show I would watch, right? Yeah. So so well, I'll play this this clip here. Uh, about this guy. Um, and uh, he's the congress, new congressman or something in New York. Is that right? Yeah, he, he uh, yeah, when the new congress uh takes over in January, um, he will be the new representative out of New York. I don't know what district, and it's really irrelevant. And he's a lying liar who's lying about lies. Explosive report from the New York Times. Yeah, he lied about Congressman-elect George Santos may have lied about major events in his life. The Long Island Republicans' win in a blue district helped give the GOP control of the House. But CBS 2's Carolyn Gussoff shows us there are growing calls for him to resign even before he's sworn in. 
34-year-old George Santos turned a blue district red to represent Nassau's North Shore and parts of Queens by campaigning as a seasoned financier. But this New York Times investigative story calls into question key parts of the resume he sold to voters. Employers and alma mater Santos listed have no record of him, including Citigroup and Goldman Sachs, Baruch College and NYU. Other parts of his resume may be largely fiction. A purported nonprofit animal rescue claims he lost employees at the Pulse nightclub shooting. The Times review of public documents and court filings found criminal charges for check fraud in Brazil, eviction cases against him, and raised campaign finance questions. This is not about resume padding. This is allegations about the fact he's this lying clown on here, his Robert house, Zimmerman. On his house ethics forms. Allegations about him lying about his personal finances, where his money came from for his campaign. And what's most troubling is George Santos' refusal to answer any questions about this at all. During the campaign, Robert Zimmerman, his Democratic opponent, had called out inconsistencies. Santos's no, attorney no, no, calls no, no, the story no. a shotgun that blast guy's a of clown. attacks. It is no surprise that Congressman-elect Santos has enemies at the New York Times who are attempting to smear his good name with these defamatory allegations. The leader of the Nassau Republican Party said George Santos deserves an opportunity to address the claims detailed in the article. All right, so so with that, well, one, yeah, Zimmerman. Now I have the answer because I'm like, I I would not be in favor of this guy winning, but then I hear Zimmerman and I'm like, that guy is such trash. Oh my gosh! So so the now I, now I understand why people voted for the liar because Zimmerman's even a worse liar, <laughs> right? But right, but but I who mean, out there? Who's terrible? Let me ask you a question. Who do you believe, what portion or percentage of the population do you believe thinks that a politician doesn't lie? I have no idea. I I would assume that a, a large portion of our population understands that 99.99999 percent of our politicians either local state or federal are nothing but habitual liars if you think otherwise (laughs) you're sadly mistaken here here, they're quoting the the new york times there and i'm like what did the new york times do about hunter biden or joe biden well they just they didn't do shit here listen to this Question. What law school did you attend and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly, I, I think we I, I think I probably Reagan. have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, that a full academic scholarship. The first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds. <laughs> I got to pause that for a minute. <laughs> Oh my God! Yeah, he's the king of it, isn't he? He has the IQ of a slug. Yeah, he is the bullshit king. I mean, really, that guy—he he forgot to start off with. Listen here, fat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck our Oh yeah. my gosh! So it gets better. Hang yeah. on, hang on. Law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my 
in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Lie. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. Lie. I won the international moot court competition. Lie. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated Lie. with three degrees Lie. from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits. Lie. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. And you'd look like a fool. Yeah. So, so that's, that's Joe Biden in 1988 during his uh, failed, his first, I think, was uh, his first failed attempt to uh, run for the president, where he had to drop that, out for that's uh, what his memory, Yeah, that's when his memory was working. <laughs> I don't know that his right? memory has ever worked. I mean, listen, we, we had Hillary Clinton who claimed that uh, she flew into Iraq under, you know, fire and all this other stuff. And, and who was the other? Uh, uh, Blumenthal. He li- I mean, he got busted for lying. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, they lie. Uh, so so we have multiple videos of our president, current current president, lying a lot. I mean, a lot. Have I said the word a lot? Did, oh, have I mentioned he, a lot? He yeah, he lies. So, like so does right. that mean he needs to resign tomorrow? Because if that's the if that's the standard, if we're setting the bar at our pit, all our politicians have to you know tell the truth a hundred percent of the time, and if we caught, catch them lying, that that you know this this guy from New York uh, needs to you know give up. He needs to uh, you not uh, not be sworn in. Um, if that's the precedent we're setting, then we're gonna we're not gonna lose m- most of our congressmen and women because of, of an unfortunate bombing happens. We're gonna lose them because they're all liars. Well, the the problem with this though is that we all know if you set the bar, then. Biden's going to walk into it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to he's going to bump his head on the bar and he's going to fall down and I we can only hope, right? But he'll probably wake up anyway. So, yeah, I I hear where you're coming from and I and I don't disagree that it, I just think that we ought to have higher standards. I, I'm not saying that we shouldn't. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm merely pointing out that, in, in a sarcastic way, that if if we if we want that to be the standard, then it applies to everyone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree. And and so. You know, if you have a sitting congressman or woman that gets caught lying, should they resign? And and uh, Blumenthal, I can't remember. It was a pretty serious, uh, you know, pretty serious lie. I mean, we have we have Swalwell, who had an uh, you know possibly had an affair but but certainly had uh 
uh, some sort of relationship. Oh, he did have an affair with the Chinese spy. With the Chinese yeah. spy. And and he's not yeah. forced to resign? Exactly. I mean, I mean so, so what's worse? A guy lies on his resume? Or someone well, who's, who's uh, you know, having an affair and, and possibly, you know, sharing... Uh, you know, he's on the uh, uh, House Intelligence Committee, and, and he could be sharing information with someone well, while, you know, I, I mean. There's really a very simple solution to this problem. It's really so simple that I just feel like I'm, uh, I don't know, like not very smart just for coming up with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here's my simple solution. You know, we have this guy in New York change to a Democrat, and he's no longer a Republican. And then the problem will go away. He'll be a lying Democrat, and everyone will have gotten it by Tuesday. And he can go ahead and represent his district. He just is a Democrat. Now, he can caucus with the Republicans, but because he's a lying liar who lies about lying, he really does have more of a home, a community, in the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. And let's just let him be a lying liar who lies about lying who's a Democrat. <laughs> and then the New York Times will leave him alone. So isn't that a simple solution? We'll never hear another article about him at all. No, but it, here's where the Democrats want to go, and of course they do. They want to make up new rules. And they want to say, okay, if he ends up resigning, then the governor gets to a point who his replacement is, and um, they'll because it's a, re, a Democrat stronghold that they'll gain a seat. When in actuality, the rules are, if that person is disqualified for whatever reason, they have a new election. Um. So, I mean, I I personally. You know, I, I, I could care less either way uh, because this just goes to show that we don't vet anyone that runs for any office. We have a tendency to pick the from the bottom of the barrel. And, and I'm a conservative. This is a Republican. I'm with you. Uh, I, I don't think he's if he's lying, if he lies to to further his career and become a congressman. I mean, what else is he going to lie about? What's his What's his moral compass like? You know. Yeah, I uh, wouldn't vote for him, but then I wouldn't vote for Zimmerman either. No, Zimmerman's oh. not a, any better. I mean, I, I no for the I life think of you me, have to they... you have to respect the voters' choice in this situation. It's, it's kind of like we we talked about this before when when Biden was allegedly elected was that you know. There's a there's a, a group of people who think he should be uh, impeached because of you know he's he basically doesn't have a brain that functions. Well, sorry folks, but we already knew. I mean, that's my my view yeah. is that I already knew this guy was toast, and anyone who paid attention did know. And yet the voters there. believe believe our system or not. Supposedly, he won, and he won with us all knowing he's got Alzheimer's. So, if you don't like it, then that's just too bad because you have to honor what the people wanted. And I'm the same way in this case is that this guy won. I wouldn't vote for him, but then I wouldn't vote for Zimmerman either. Right. 
So let's assume maybe the voters of New York knew that they were choosing between two bad candidates and they didn't want the other asshole to win. Yeah, and speaking you of... Know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's... I mean, he, I flipped would a, rather he, flipped have, a, he flipped a blue seat red. Well, I w yeah, that's hard to do, even if you're a liar. So, and, you know... Uh, you know, the Democrats really don't like that, so they're really pushing for this. And and I mean, you know, this is the, the this is the beginning of the story. And and like they said on the report, you know, there are people saying, Hey, you know, he has he has uh you know, has to have a chance to explain that this, but I don't know how you explain um, um you know, that many we, lies. Did you, and, did you see his interview with Tulsi Gabbard? I, I did not. No. Well, I like Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of in there with Megyn Kelly as far as being my type too, mm -hmm. except that she is. A, I'm not her type. But at any rate, <laughs> he's also very smart and has a great sense of humor and is very down to earth. I just like those kinds of folks. Right. Period. Right. Just that simple. So she had him on, and she treated him a lot nicer than I would have. And, and far nicer than Tucker Carlson would have. But, you know, in the end, she got to the same place that anyone else would have, which is, you know, you're a lion's comeback. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Bye. <laughs> you know, you know, the guy's just garbage. But who's to say the people in New York didn't already know that? And they just say, you know, rather than this other piece of garbage over here with a D by their name, I'd rather vote for this piece of garbage with the R by his name and see what happens. What do we have to lose? You know, who's to say that's not what the folks there did? So, you know, whether I agree with your choice or not, I, I still have to say I wouldn't vote for him, but I wouldn't vote for Zimmerman. So, uh, you know, let the people have whoever they voted for. And if they want him out, let them. I would say if you if this all came out afterward, then people ought to have a right to recall folks. Right. I think that ought to be universal, and I think that that's really what the Democrats would love to see that go in, because <laughs> I'm talking facetiously. You're right. Yeah, because, you know, I think that the, you ought to have a right to pull someone out of office. I don't care who they are. and uh, Yeah, whether they're sworn in or, or not or... Yeah, you know, been there I mean, eight years. It shouldn't matter. Yeah, because that kind of stuff comes out. Let the people though in that district do it though. But let's empower anyone uh, who holds office. Uh, the let's empower their voters to pull them out. Because right now we can't do that. We're stuck with whoever. No, we've got. and that and that brings up a good issue. Uh, you raise a good issue here. So, do we allow our government to make that decision? And if we do, that's giving them more power and control over the elections where well, they, they don't they don't they shouldn't have that power and control. The power and control of who is elected and who goes to be your representative is in the in the hands of the people who vote. And again, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking within the context of of if we did a let's say we did a be all to end all constitutional amendment that fixed things, you know, yeah. The, how, let's say there's 300 grievances we have and these are the things we want to do just come down and, and say this is what they all are fine that's one of them 
Um, so that you have the a constitutional amendment that says this is what can be done or not, and and would empower people to recall uh, someone who's elected. Um, you know, I I don't know why that power is not there, and I think that it it ought to be. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they did it in California with uh, Newsom. Yeah, uh, so I think that uh, at least on federal officials, which is what we're talking about, we're in the U.S. Constitution, that uh, this guy holds a, a federal office as a as a congressman. And I think a congressman or senator, we ought to be able to recall them. Um, I think uh, anyone in the judicial system. Yeah, I, I just think that we ought to. Yeah, have why a does, why does the, Yeah, so why why is it that the federal government uh, is the only entity with impeachment power? We should be able to impeach people. Because we're the ones yeah. that, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that I would necessarily label it that. But I'm just throwing an example out there is, you know, um, the Republicans have been talking about uh, impeaching Merrick Garland. Well, they have impeachment power. Yeah. We're the voters. We're the ones that decide who is elected and who gets to stay and who has to go. Well, why why don't we have that power before, during, and after? So before elections, during their tenure, and and after they've been elected. So why don't why don't we have on a federal level? So that brings up a great question, and that could be a grievance, absolutely. Well. The, the first thing that comes to mind, I mean, I'm, I, I realize I'm being the devil's advocate to my own advocacy over here, but <laughs> the, down, the downside or the other side of the coin or whatever kind of trite comparison someone wants to use is that you basically have an ongoing election. There's nothing but an election going on all the time. Right. Well, yeah, sure. Because you don't like so-and-so. Okay, well, then we're going to go recall them. Right. Okay, well... The recall process starts just like it did with Trump. You know, the impeachment of Trump started the the day after the election because they were already setting up how they can get him out of office. Mm-hmm. So we would have that with every single office in the country, given the kind of situation we have in our country. And I don't think the founders envisioned uh, folks wanting to hold office for long periods of time. Um, you know, they, they knew people were scandalous and could be problematic and things like that. They knew people weren't um, angels, but they also figured, you know, you can't make any money at this. You know, why would you come and do this job and, and not want to give it up, you know? <clears throat> you'd want to be out in a short period of time. They didn't envision it being a political, uh, as a politics, as a career. It's just one of those things that they thought, well, once you had a, a ended a life of, of productivity, you might want to pass along some wisdom and go 
run for office one day. They didn't think of it as what you'd want to do as soon as you got out of college. So Yeah, for the rest of your life. Yeah, and to get rich off of. Mm-hmm. I mean, they would be, I'm sure they're all spinning there in their graves about how on earth does someone like Joe Biden get to be a millionaire who knows how many times over and he's never done anything but work for the government? Same with same with Fauci for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. How does that dumb shit, that little leprechaun, the highest paid federal employee? Yeah, what? I mean, really, and he hasn't practiced medicine since the '60s, since he was in. Uh, how, how and why know? that happened? I, I'm just. It's another. Yeah, it's how? another example of our our dysfunctioning government. Yeah. So my main thing is you get you get rid of that by saying you are limited to how many years you can receive a federal paycheck. You know, I don't care if you're a judge, if you're a, a little midget like Fauci or what, um, or or even in the military. You know, it may, let's set a number. It's maybe it's twenty years. You, after you hit your twentieth year of paychecks. Uh, you're no longer working for the government. You're out. So, yeah. So, so that that leads me to a couple of stupid headlines. Uh, you know, I had mentioned before, and and it's uh, the uh, Pentagon uh, not planning to reinstate troops fired over COVID vax. Why not? Yeah. And, um, you know, our, our, this is, why is the Pentagon making that decision? And why are, why is the Department of Defense saying, um, we're going to wait and see what, what, if anything, Congress suggests or the White House suggests when it comes to this issue? Uh, I, I don't understand that thought process. And then, um, so, so our DOJ has some big problems, but our department of defense has some big, huge problems too. So the Marines must let, let seek recruits, keep beards and wear turbans. The Marines. Yeah. Oh my God. That was so secret recruits get to keep their beard and wear turbans. When I was in the United States military, I was required to shave every day. Um, you're also required to have a, a military haircut. In my opinion, this is reverse discrimination. And if you're going to have a policy... The policy is 100% or it's nothing. I've talked about this before. If you have a rule or a policy or a law, it's 100% or nothing. Um, You can't... You shouldn't appease one group and tell the other group they have a certain set of rules and the other one doesn't. It's just well, my opinion. I, I agree. It's it, it's basically. But who's the, who's, the, the, who's the expert that made that decision? Well, first of all, 
The Constitution has nothing to do with groups. It has nothing to do with Catholics or Jews. No, does it mention any of those terms, labels? Individual freedom and liberty. That's what the Constitution is, is based on. Individual freedom and liberty, not a group. So if you're letting one individual over here do X, then every individual gets to do X. Yeah. I just arrived at that a different way than you did. But that's my way. I, I just framed it differently. But we have individual freedom and liberty in this country. And if I'm a uh, lieutenant in the uh, Marine Corps, well, it's just, I think I've said enough. It's a one for one. <laughs> well, here's, here's an interesting, uh, you may have heard about this. Um, Neil Gorsuch. I just can't believe that. The, I always used to think of the Marine Corps as, you know, they got the best uniforms. They got the toughest guys, you know. Um, I just always had a lot of respect for him. My dad always said that if he went back into the service, that's what he would have done. You know, he was a fighter pilot in the Air Force. But it's like, you know, one of them, one of them could, I guess, have been a, a Navy pilot, you know, landing on carriers and stuff. But it was the Marine Corps. Because they just don't put up with bullshit. And now, ever since we've had this this clown who's running uh, the DOD, it's like the, mil- the, the Marine Corps and all the others. I mean, I just don't have any respect for it at all any longer. Just yeah, and what was the... So uh, along with that, I heard that uh, recruitment was down 25%. You know, they have a, a the goal is four hundred and eighty thousand soldiers at any given time. Um, and recruitment has been down uh uh annual recruit recruitment goal is down by twenty five percent, the worst miss ever. Yeah. Nobody why I mean with with COVID mandated vaccines, um transgender issues uh all these other social justice bull crap that that has been allowed to distract from what the department of defense and what our military mission is who wants to join a, who wants to join something like that it's like it's like a oh, yeah. It's like a huge freaking cluster, you know what? Well, it's the same thing that we were making the point about with Congress, where we're not getting the best and the brightest. It's the same thing with our military. We are not getting the best of our our people. And I don't mean that to be a slam against everyone who's in the military. No, yeah, no, I'll, I understand. I'll bet, I'll bet you that the grunts in the military are sitting there thinking the exact same thing as my God, can I really trust this guy in a trench? Yeah, for can sure. I, can I trust my CEO to tell me the truth, mm-hmm. whether I need to to push this button or not on the on a 
missile or well, something? Let me tell you something. That's been going on a long time. It was like that when oh, I was I know. in the military. I know. I'm telling you. Yeah. Some of these officers that were running around, you know, uh, and, and I made a mistake earlier. I want to correct what I said. The Robert E. Lee statue and bust is coming out of West Point. Seriously? That's where they're they're removing it from. Yes, I wanted to. Uh, it just dawned on me, uh, and well, I made worse a. That's the Congress. Yeah. Uh, so that's it's being removed from West Point, and along with some others, that was the major ones. There was a couple others that I read about in that story, and um, they're putting him in putting them in storage until they can decide. You know whether they should go in a museum or or wherever they they will be well, properly displayed. But uh, why don't we just take a bulldozer and bulldoze West Point and put up condos or something? Well, because, uh, some of the some I mean, of the uh, worst members of military and 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 again, I'm not bashing all of them. Come out of ROTC programs in West Point. Yeah, you know they're taught leadership skills they're not taught how to be soldiers and i ran into lots of them uh when i was in the military that i, I exactly what you were talking about is this someone i want leading me into battle yeah is this someone i'm gonna listen to and 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 if i do how long am i gonna survive yeah uh, and that's part of the reason that I did not stay in the military at the time that I was in. And I don't know if it's the same today. Um, as I had mentioned in prior episodes, the military was changing what, when I was in the military, uh, in the late eighties and there were everywhere you turn, there was an officer and it, even my company commander and then and then the battalion commander and then the post commander none of them knew what my job was but i would get my ass chewed because i wasn't doing my job right and i'm like did you go to the school i went to you you don't even know what my job is yeah i mean why are you screaming and yelling at me and you know why why are you treating me like a a piece of trash when you have absolutely no clue what you're talking about so they basically were not taught good leadership skills. No, not at all. I, I mean, right? It was right? it was it was bad. They say they, they say they are, but they're not taught good leadership skills. No, that's why they can't come out of the military and go into private industry. Well, they sit in a classroom all freaking day listening that. to some some civilian who's supposedly an expert, right? And we've had that well, conversation that, that well, yeah. this is how you're supposed to lead. Well, that's why all the war games they plan out against, uh, especially China, mm -hmm. we lose. Mm -hmm. It's because of that. So uh, I'll just pass on something uh, that might be really of interest to somebody out there, uh, one of our two listeners. Um because as you're talking there, I was thinking of my dad, because I don't know if you, my, my dad entered the military as an enlisted man. Mm -hmm. So he was actually drafted to play uh, pro ball, uh, uh, baseball, out of uh, high school. 
So he went into the Dodgers organization, blew his knee out, and no no baseball career. I mean, in those days, you blow your knee out and you're done in the sport. Yeah. You, you couldn't do things like you can right. now. I mean, I've had both of my knees on operated on multiple times, but they had to lay you open in those days and mm-hmm. you're just done. Yeah, so my father from, had his knees operated. Yeah, yeah, he went from third baseman in the minors playing against, uh, well, the guys in the majors that uh, in the early 50s that played for the Dodgers. You know, he, he got to play some of the pickup games they're playing against the Yankees and against Yogi Berra and all that stuff. And, you know, he had a nice career uh, looking ahead of him in 1949 or whatever and ended up uh, – becoming a radar tech in the Air Force. So he entered as a radar tech, enlisted. And then he qualified to go into flight training school. In those days, you didn't have to have a college degree right. before he became a pilot. So uh, he went through flight training and everything, and then he became a first lieutenant in the Air Force, flying fighter jets. I mean, one of the guys, uh, you have you heard the uh, Gus Grissom? Yes. Yeah, he was killed in the Apollo launch accident mm-hmm. in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in my dad's uh, class. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Um, so, at any rate, 1953, um, I think it was graduate, you know, so he's... He loses three years to everyone else, and the way they do their uh, gaining of ranks was a lot slower in those days, too. But, you know, not many people get to enter as an enlisted guy and become a fighter pilot, you know? Mm -hmm. No one does anymore. I mean, that just doesn't happen. But in those days, you could. Well, he made it a point throughout his whole career Instead of, you know, he would be off for lunch and going around base or whatever. He always ate in the NCO club. Even though he's an officer. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, he wanted to know what the scuttlebutt was. He identified with those guys. Yeah. He's one of them, you know? And... Whether it was Clark Air Base where I was born or in Texas or, you know, he was a strategic air command. Um, and, uh, Sounds like he had more on. of a mentality of like a warrant officer. Well, no nonsense. Because warrant officers, you know, are uh, enlisted that are promoted not necessarily – with the same prestige as an officer, but they're, you know, a chief warrant officer, they're enlisted. Yeah. And, and those guys, man, I'll tell you, those, those were some bright, bright individuals and, and people that you could respect because they, they worked, they did that. They did the job, yeah. right. You know, Our chief master sergeant, yeah. you know, you know, they, they've been around, they've been in 20 years and, and they can't get in to, the officer class, but they've gone as high as you can enlisted. Mm-hmm. Those guys are somebody to respect, and right. he did. Is what I'm trying to tell you is he did. Yeah, he's not one of the guys who's yelling at someone on his 
on his jet crew about you didn't do this or you didn't do that. It was about what do we need to do to do this better? Mm -hmm. And not necessarily even about business, about just hanging out, you know, because there's more enlisted folks than there are officers. Hang around officers all the time. All you do is hear and learn what officers think. And you got to know what's going on with your with your troops. Yeah. And you can't find out what's going on with your troops if you never sit and talk to them. Right. Right? So that's where all I'm saying is that if you have these morons who are running the Pentagon go out to eat each day with uh, corporals and privates and sergeants and chief master sergeants, except warrant officers, they're going to learn a lot more about what's going on under their command than going to lunch with some uh, captain or lieutenant or colonel, you know. So we've just got them sitting around talking with one another too much, and they have the same problem with groupthink in the military as we do in corporations and in politics. Mm -hmm. they, they don't know enough beyond what their little area is. And that's the only reason for that little tirade. It's just kind of... You know, no, it's interesting stuff. And, and I mean, you know, we, we talk... We, we have a tendency to stay on, you know, Congress or, or uh, you know, the Department of Justice... When when our Department of Defense is just as big a mess as all of the rest of them, if if not bigger, I mean, you know, if they can't reach recruitment goals, there's a reason. Well, that's what kind of triggered me was because you know I was recruited uh, in '76, mm -hmm. and at that point in time, the military had been decimated. Uh, by, you know, the Vietnam uh, shenanigans. And then we had uh, Carter as president. Um, I mean, let me see. Ford was president when I was being uh, recruited. So it was just a terrible time. Yeah. And it's and not... I, I can't believe that it's gotten to be just as bad now. And that's something that we haven't had some bad thing happen to cause recruitment to go down. We, what we've had is incompetence. Yep. Misdirection. Mm -hmm. um, malfeasance. Uh, we're spending all kinds of money on technology and things that don't win wars. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, you have, if you're not going to plan on winning the war, then why are you spending money on the military? You know, I know Trump got in trouble because he called his, his brass in from the Pentagon and said, you guys are a bunch of losers. Well, sorry, he's right. <laughs> yeah. They are a bunch yeah. of losers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You can't, you can't, those guys are, are trained to stand in front of a room and raise their voice and talk to a low tone of voice and yell at people all day. Well, so that doesn't make you a leader as far as I'm concerned. You're all a bunch of obnoxious morons. And We weren't in and, Afghanistan and Iraq for 17 years for no reason either. Exactly. 
So what the hell? You know, get your act together or or get the hell out of the military because you're not winning wars and you're not winning me. You're not winning my opinion over and I'm attacking. Because I'll be honest with you, if I'm if I'm a general in in the army and I'm in Afghanistan and the commander in chief gives me an order to to do what they did and i'm i, I and i'm thinking this is going to cost lives this is not a good decision oh um, you're talking about the withdrawal yeah the withdrawal from afghanistan yeah okay all right and 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 i get that order and i'm thinking to myself this is not a this is not a good move and 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 we could even go back to when the when the generals were begging Obama, hey, let us do our thing. You know, we we know what we're doing. Uh, could you imagine General Schwarzkopf um, taking an order in Afghanistan like they were given and and being okay with that? Well, I I didn't say it before when we were talking. He probably would have. He probably would have told Joe Biden to get bent because you you don't know what you're talking about. And I'm not going to put my soldiers at risk. Here's what we need to do. And and he would have said, "No, I'm not doing that." Just my opinion. Yeah, it wouldn't have been quite that nicely put. But yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, for, you know, uh, try well, to keep we, it family-friendly we as much as I can. I got out my little orange file, and we, I pulled out something we talked about with Grenada. But, you know, I happened to meet him and, and talk to him. You know, I mean, the guy was a force of nature. Yeah. And there's no way that I I really think Schwarzkopf would have uh, set up yours. Oh yeah, I really do. I I just don't. I cannot believe that he would have uh, had any part in withdrawing from Afghanistan the way we did. And I'll I'll even go one step higher in it, and and someone that may possibly have been an even tougher general, and that would be George Patton. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Could you imagine giving George Patton an order like that? He would have, I mean, again, I could be very colorful (laughs) in in what I believe he would have said. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, just to kind of, you know, put some... Some quotes yeah. or asterisks by your 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 assessment. Uh, those we, those generals that we have nowadays, they don't make a pimple on those guys' asses. No, they don't. Yeah, because uh, Schwarzkopf was a, a much better within the politics of of the military than mm. than Patton. But yeah, that's precisely what he would. Yeah. Yeah, it would not have been a pleasant conversation. <laughs> no. uh, I can tell you that much. Yeah. But, you know, that guy, there's just no nonsense. You know, that's just how you want someone in the military who's going to say, are you going to let me unleash the hounds or not? 
Mm -hmm. You know, because how how they've been operating all of this time is bold. And uh, the way we left Afghanistan is, is just remarkably dumb. I just cannot. I just can't even hardly talk about it without going through the roof. Yeah, me too. And then, and then, of course, it was Trump's fault because of the deal he made. You know, well, the supposed deal he made, and 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 uh, more lying. Yeah, more it's lying. just another lie. And and, so, and should that lie? Does that lie qualify him resigning? I mean, you know, we were talking about the guy from New York. Well, I mean, is the is there a is, level of lie that's appropriate? And one that isn't? In that case, as a commander-in-chief and being that incompetent, I think that is good cause for impeachment. I think that withdrawal from Afghanistan the way he did was an impeachable offense. Mm -hmm. Whether that was a lie or not, you know, I'm not making that distinction. I'm just saying that's incompetent. It's gross incompetence. Yeah. So, um, and I think something that he personally owes everyone who lost their life or, or limb or what have you, he owes them out of his own pocket for what he did there. And not to, not to mention all of the, the people in Afghanistan who have lost their lives. I mean, I don't know if you've heard this or not. In fact, we've got to stop. I've got to stop as soon as I finish this, but there was recently someone stopped at our southern border who was uh, someone who worked for us in Afghanistan. I mean us as our country. So he was a known person who helped identify uh, Taliban, helped uh, our military people a lot, and he got left behind. That asshole and who's in St. Croix right now, <laughs> left him behind. And he tried to come into our country, and he did make it into our country, along with like 100 people. And that 100 people got stopped, and the people processed them and everything. That, that guy was the only one returned back across the border. You're everyone kidding. Else, everyone else he's with is in this country right now. Well, imagine that. Except him. Can you believe that? You know, I can. Uh, you I know, mean, there's nothing it, that... Literally, at this point, Ron, there's nothing that surprises me anymore. But that's just so specious. I mean, why would, why would you go out of your way to harm someone who's helped you, and then you let a bunch of other people through when... You don't know them from Adam? I mean, seriously. Well, do you think they might not have let him in because uh, of what he might have to say? I have no idea. I, I really What don't. other reason would there be if you're letting in the other people that were in the same group? Uh, I mean, is... Well, he's in there with a whole bunch of people from Venezuela and Colombia and Ecuador, whatever else. He's the only guy from Afghanistan, and they turn him back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the hell? What the hell's going on with I mean, that? That what bothers me is you believe that. 
I mean, it's a true story. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Joe Biden. I tell the truth. Right. But my gosh, that's, that's something that we should not be, you know, should be so unusual that we would just not believe it. No, and I think it's true. I know you got to go, but I think one of the things that we, uh, I wanted to go, I get into a couple other things, but we, we've spent a lot of time on some of these other issues. Uh, there's a very interesting interview with, uh, Edward Snowden. Oh, and a lot of people have forgotten about him. Um, and, and a lot of people don't know who he was. Right. And exactly what his role was. And the mass media portrayed him as an evil, traitorous, you know, uh, nobody. Not like Eric Scaramella at all. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, this, this guy. I mean, he, you know, he was in the military, then he went, went to work in, in the um, CIA and the uh, NSA and, uh, you know, had a security clearance, um, you know, and, and, and when you mentioned they didn't let that guy in, the first thing I thought of was maybe he's got something they don't want to come out. Could be. Like with Edward Snowden. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that, that Snowden is a, a hero or, you know, there's debate about whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. And, you know, that's, that's not my intention to, you know, prop him up or knock him down. Um, well, but it is, it is. It, it is a conversation that can shine some light on how our government operates. Well, I think that we ought to know what he released and why he did it and that sort of thing. I think we should shine a light on exactly what happened and why. Yeah. And if there's, you know, if there's documents out there, I know that this guy who's in the, um, who's the guy who published them all? Julian Assange, yeah, he's mm -hmm. he's still in jail, mm -hmm. and or basically he's in jail. Um, you know why? You know I think that uh, we we should uh, know what's going on there, and well, let us decide if he should be in jail or not. Well, sure, the uh, the information uh, should be public. Yeah. These are public servants that, that, that they have this information on. And they work for us. We should know that information. If it's top secret, <clears throat> you know, if it has to do with national security or, you know, arms, you know, weaponry, whatever, um, you know, top secret agents or, or spies, whatever you want to call them. Then, then maybe we we're not pertinent to that information. Maybe maybe we we don't need to know that kind of stuff. Uh, but there is some some information that both of those people hold. Um, that I think worries those that we 
uh, mention on this show that they're afraid the public's going to see and, and, and it's going to tell us who they really are. Yeah. And, and we should know that. Exactly. Yeah, there's, there's no reason. I mean, let's face it. If China has the plans to our uh, latest fighter jet before it even hits the runway, <laughs> yeah. then why are we worrying about something that those guys have? You know, uh, I don't have a problem with somebody with it running past someone uh, to say, yeah, this these are plans for our new bomber. Let's not let those out. Well, all the, all the okay. technology we left behind in Afghanistan. Yeah, everyone already knows all about that. I mean, you know, the Russians can can get it. The the Chinese can yeah. get it. Um, Iran. I mean, yeah, all our enemies now have access to all of that that technology. Yeah. That didn't seem to bother any of these Marxists in our country. So, you know, why should it bother anyone if Julian Assange and uh, and uh, isn't that strange? You know, isn't that strange? And anyone else comes on, why not just let them come on the Megyn Kelly show? Yeah, and let her talk to them because mm -hmm. you know I think at this point uh, we have a right to know, and if they belong in jail, then fine, and if they don't, then fine. But I don't trust our government any longer, and I think it's time that the people uh, get back and uh, stop stop pretending that we're on vacation or something and trust the guys that we have hired to do the job. I think we need to start doing more of the job ourselves. Yeah, no, totally. A hundred percent agree. Well, I do need to go here. Okay. Well, that'll wrap up another episode of, uh, an inquiry into freedom. And, uh, you can check us out on the internet and inquiry into freedom.com. Uh, please email us, uh, share, uh, sus subscribe if you like. Um, but, uh, you know, we're on multiple platforms. Check us out. Let people know. And we'll talk to you next time. Adios. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye, -bye. <laughs>